Welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. I'm Darby Toth, a technical field services representative with West United Dairies. And I'm Melissa Lima, the North Coast and Organic Field Services Rep with Western United Dairies. Welcome back. We're getting through gray May here. <laughs> we had a very windy week here. It dropped temperature into the 70s and the, we actually had a wind advisory. So it's been quite um, the 1930s Dust Bowl around here. I know. Ditto here. Windy, gray, cold. We got a little bit of sun, but um, a really cold year, I guess. Since we're in a drought, we're glad it's not scorching right now, but um, boy, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the weather. <laughs> I was going to say one of these days we'll have something else to add to our uh, beginning of the episode witty banner besides, hey, Melissa, what's the weather like on the other side of the state? I can't wait till we get to go to concerts and out to like big parties and stuff where we actually have something to talk about and hopefully member in-person events, which actually leads me to a point, Darby, you are going to a in-person kitchen table meeting next week. We're excited for that. You can't see me, but I'm raising my hands like in a little celebration so that our listeners know. Yeah, we're going to be uh, in Turlock, technically Crow's Landing at the Farmer's Den next Tuesday, the 25th at 10.30 a.m. Uh, Bennett Environmental is actually going to host us for a kitchen table meeting. Breakfast is going to be on them if you want to give me a heads up if you're going to head out. And they're going to talk about some of their digester technology. So it'll be really informal. Come have breakfast and get to be in person with some other people. Yay. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. And Bennett's a great sponsor. So we really appreciate them. They have some really cool projects and we had a podcast with them a few months back. So check that out if you want to learn a little more ahead of the breakfast, but a really good opportunity to just see people. I know I've been back in the field the last two weeks and I feel like a new person since I've been able to see Dairyman face to face and we're still doing a lot of fist bumping, but we're, I'm just so glad to be back out. Yeah, it feels good. Definitely. Well, Darby, we'll talk a little bit about the episode this week. Um, of course, our lovely Tiffany brings us a market update. Lots to talk about. It's shaping up to be a weird year in a lot of ways. We'll kind of see how it all pans out, but Tiffany talks markets. Um, Devin joined you for a little update about our board meeting yesterday, and then I was able to sit down with Denise Molinax, our friend and partner over at California Dairy Research Foundation, and we talked a little bit about drought, how dairies are working to improve their technology and efficiency surrounding water and recycling, and how all the different things we do on the dairy play into different ways we can conserve, so that was really a good conversation. It seems like drought is the topic du jour these days, and I was really glad to be able to talk with Denise and learn about some of the projects they're working on moving forward as well. I'm really looking forward to listening in on that. So I guess without further ado, we'll jump right in. Hi folks, hope you had a great week. We got the milk production report for April um, on Thursday and expectations were for a pretty solid showing and that is in fact what happened. USDA milk output was uh, announced up 3.3% for the month. Um, that's the strongest growth we've seen in about five months, though I will point out it was uh, against a relatively weak number this time last year, uh, if you recall, um, kind of with a lot of supply chain snarls. Uh, but we are still seeing some really solid figures, particularly out of the Midwest and Mideast. Both were up over 5% over uh, prior year levels. And probably most um, uh, material was another uh, growth in the U.S. milking herd, 
um, with revisions to the March data, cow numbers rose another 22,000 head for the month into April. That puts us up 113,000 head versus this time last year. Uh, that's the largest year-over-year gain we've seen back since uh, 2008. California also posted some really strong numbers. Um, we were up 4.1% year-over-year, again, keeping those comps in mind. However, when you look at the uh, daily output, it was the largest for any single month all the way back to April 2014. So we are um, still a long ways from talking about less milk here in the U.S. And slaughter data so far is not showing um, um, you know, or suggesting the herd is shrinking a whole lot yet. Uh, heading over to the commodities, we saw another rough week for the cheese market. Um, though demand sounds like it's still good, it just doesn't seem to be quite enough to outpace supplies. We saw a lot of product come to Chicago for the second week in a row. Blocks uh, lost 15.5 cents down to $1.57. We saw 33 loads trade for the week. That was on top of 35 last week, and that's the heaviest traffic we've seen uh, kind of two weeks in a row since uh, late last year. Barrels uh, lost 12.25 cents down to $1.6075 with 46 loads trading this week. That was uh, the most we've seen in, uh, for any week in almost a year. Moving over to uh, butter, things were fairly quiet in comparison. Uh, we seem to be fairly range bound for now. We lost just a half cent closing the week at $1.87. We do get a new cold storage report on Monday, which will give us a um, updated look at inventory figures. And we'll be watching for whether the stocks build, um, you know, built on average between March and April. Typically we see about a 38 million pound gain. So. We will have that information next week. Um, over on nonfat, we did have a global dairy trade event this week, and powder prices on that event were fairly stable, um, not a lot of movement. The skim milk powder contract lifted 0.4% to $1.56. And likewise, our spot markets were relatively unchanged. We sort of wobbled within a one penny band. We finished the week at 129.75, down just a little bit, uh, lost a quarter cent there. We are hearing that demand this week backed off somewhat, particularly um, out of Mexico uh, for non-fat dry milk. Finishing out, um, all eyes remain on the grain complex, obviously very important to dairy producer margins uh, moving forward in the year. Uh, it was nice to see nearby corn and soybean futures decline a little bit um, on profit taking and also improved planting and growing conditions. Weather is pretty ideal in most parts of the country, um, but continued strong export figures or bookings, particularly out of China, kind of helped um, offset the downward movement. So didn't didn't let the markets give up too much, but at least we were down off the highs. Um, we are reminded that the U.S. is very good at growing corn, and we saw another good um, improvement in, in planting progress. We're at 80% for the week ending May 16th. That's ahead of the average 78% and definitely ahead of last, um, I'm sorry, 78 last year and 68% on average. Uh, soybean planting reached 61%. That's above last year's pace of 51% and the five-year average of 
Hope you have a great week. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pg.com slash safety. Well, we are here with West United's board president, Devin Gialetti. Thanks for joining us today, Devin. No problem. Glad to be here. And Devin's going to give us just a brief overview of our latest board meeting, which by the time this podcast release will not be yesterday, but for us right now was yesterday. Yep. Happy Friday. Yep. Happy Friday to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So on, uh, on Thursday, we had our board meeting via Zoom and uh, we covered a lot of, uh, a lot of heavy hitting topics. Um, first, we started off with our financial report and I'm Please report to all our members that uh, Western United's in a strong financial position. We are uh, fully funding our PAC. We are fully funding our savings account, getting ready for the next uh, downturn in, in milk prices. Because I want everybody to remember that our our uh, budget is dependent on milk prices, just like just like our budget at the farm. So when the dairymen are doing good, we're doing good, and when you guys are hurting, we're hurting too. So, um, but I'm glad to report that we're putting a lot of money into savings and, and getting ready to the next downturn, just like any good farmer would. So uh, after that, uh, Anya started with her uh, administrative report. And uh, one quick thing we'd like to talk about is the uh, uh, enteric methane uh, emissions. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, controversy right now with the whole methane thing. As we all remember, uh, regulated all California dairies to reduce their uh, methane production by 40%. And um, the state has done a great job with <clears throat> the Dairy Digester Program and with the uh, Alternative Manure Management Program to help us meet that goal. So here we are, we're uh, 2021 and our deadline's 2030. And um, we're uh, looking to see how much did we actually reduce, you know, where are we at in our, uh, in our goal of a 40% reduction. Because if we don't uh, hit our 40% reduction, then uh, CARB would have the authority to regulate us. And I think we all can agree that the last thing we need is another regulatory agency on our dairies telling us what to do and what not to do. Um, that would be a disaster, and we cannot allow that to happen. So hitting this 40% target is crucial. And, um, you know, the, unfortunately, there's a lot of controversy uh, amongst CDFA and uh, others in leadership about where we are on that number. So um, CARB is kind of reporting that we are nowhere near on track to hit that target. And, uh, and we disagree with that because they are including euteric and methane emissions in that. And we all know euteric is the emissions that come from the cow. And we are only regulated specifically on the emissions that come from manure not on uh, what comes from the cow. So there's a lot of uh, fudging of the numbers and we need to come to a clear conclusion um, where, we at, where we are at on our methane uh, emission reduction goal. Um, part of the problem is that there's um, public fund, you know, there's public projects, there's private projects, and there's projects that haven't been completed yet. So uh, we need to figure out where we're at and, um, uh, account for our our uh, uh, reduction methane uh, before carb comes knocking on our door. 
Well, thanks for touching on that, uh, Devin. I think that's a really important issue. And like you said, something that is really important in the leadership in the industry. And there's a lot of different viewpoints. So with a lot of different viewpoints being our segue here, maybe we'll roll into what's going on in the legislative world. Yeah, um, Jason, uh, uh, our lobbyist, uh, gave us an update uh, on his legislative uh, report on, his, on, on our legislative priorities for 2021. And uh, some of the biggest uh, things to hit was the May revise of the budget. And man, California did good through this, uh, this pandemic. Uh, who would have thought that uh, you can make money in a worldwide pandemic, but California is uh, flush with cash and they do not want to give it back to the taxpayer. They want to spend every penny of it. So, um, uh, which is good news and bad news. I mean, it's good news that a lot of this money is getting put towards agriculture. Uh, let's see, there's eight, uh, a couple hundred million dollars for uh, water treatment to help people clean up uh, contaminated groundwater and, uh, and put in new wells. There's some money going towards Sigma to help people comply with Sigma and groundwater discharge. Earned 13 million for the farmer program for tractor replacements, which uh, our family uses quite a bit. Uh, wildfire protection, uh, protection. Let's see, a couple hundred million there. Why not? You know. But uh, yeah, we all know the wildfires were bad last year, and so they're putting a substantial amount of money. It looks like 700, over 700 million dollars to help uh, reduce our wildfire risk. So uh, healthy soils, 100 million there, and then uh, the the methane reduction program, which is you know, ties back into our methane uh, talk, $60 for the Dairy Digester Program and the Alternative Manure Management Program uh, to be managed by CDFA. Uh, we don't know what percentage for digesters or alternative manure management, but um, that's a good investment and we need to keep that money coming in if we're going to hit our goal of a 40% of a reduction by 2030. Uh, farm to School, um, $30 million to help California farms deliver products straight to California schools. Um, 150 million for uh, alternatives to open uh, ag burning. Uh, this is a new program. Uh, we all know that by uh, see 2024, uh, we're going to have to stop uh, all ag burnings. So here's uh, 150 million dollars to help us new programs to help us uh, comply with that. Um, so that's all good news. That's good news. Um, instead of going through all the bad news of all the new uh legislations that are getting approved you know getting proposed i thought we would keep this good news going <laughs> and let's talk about the uh about the bills that aren't coming back ones that we did such a good job uh stopping and killing last year that the that the uh, legislators said you know what i can't go up against the dairy business industry i can't go up against west united dairymen they are too tough and too organized so one if you remember would be the food uh byproducts uh bill where basically uh, companies like uh, Retcology and some other major uh, you know, landfill disposal type companies would one, want to get in the middle of uh, farmers and byproducts of uh, sources. So, you know, think about your almond holes, think about your bakery waste and your uh, brewer's grain, you know, instead of dairymen and, and, and those producers just getting together and, and making a deal, we'd have to go through another company so they can get their cut. And uh, we stopped that last year and it's not coming back. Um, here's another, here's another gem of a bill where the street or the uh, air resources board wanted to, to track uh, the consumption of uh, uh, greenhouse gas inventory for animal products only. 
not including, you know, not, not talking about plant-based products, but only animal products. So let's figure out how much greenhouse gases that are, uh, you know, being produced by, by dairy and by pork and, and uh, all the other animal, animal agriculture. It's not coming back. We killed it. Um, lawyers for animals. Uh, yeah, they actually wanted to give lawyers to uh, animals that are, you know, uh, and, and have them uh, represented in court. That's not coming back. So, you know, those are some good success stories that we need to talk about. We're, we're so forward facing, you know, looking for the next, next bill to go fight against that, you know, once in a while you got to turn around and, and look where we came from and look at our successes. So I'm proud to say that we did a good job, such a good job that, you know, these things aren't coming back. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And when you mentioned that yesterday in the meeting, I think that was you that brought it up. It, it really was a good point. And maybe it was you or someone else, you know, we, we tend to hopefully be a humble group, but it is nice to kind of look back and, and just recognize some of the work that's done and the benefits that we're reaping from that work. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to measure success on what didn't happen. And exactly. Um, yeah, so then, you know, I think it's important to realize that these are things that didn't happen and aren't happening this year. So, you know, I'll take that as a win. Yeah. Well, maybe to kind of round us out here a little bit, we'll touch on some of the things that are happening in uh, our Paul Sousa's environmental world. Yeah, uh, Mr. Sunshine Paul Sousa <laughs> uh, gave us his environmental uh, report. Uh, he talked about CB salts and how um, all six uh, priority management zones have submitted their early action plans on time and that the water board has reviewed them and um, conditionally approved five of them, but not for the Thule management zone. Um, they're stating that the Thule management zone uh, relied too heavily on filling stations and didn't do enough outreach. And um, let's see, the Thule management zone was a target of uh, EJ groups at the meeting and um, looks like they, they, they held that one up. Um, next, uh, Melissa talked about, uh, or we, we talked about the Coastal Commission, and, and if any of you, uh, actually, uh, excuse me, the um, Coastal Commission uh, hearing out of Point Reyes, um, these are about the dairies that are, that are out there in the, in the Point Reyes National Park um, that are still milking cows out there, and they're, uh, Rents. I mean, there are leases with the park are coming up and there's a lot of EJ groups and environmental activist groups out there trying to interfere with their uh, lease renewal. Um, you and Melissa did a great job covering this story with, uh, with some of the farmers out there uh, a few podcasts ago. And I, I suggest anybody who uh, wants to learn a lot about this issue to, to re-listen to that podcast. Um, I learned a lot uh, with that podcast about how that national park was created by, by dairymen and ranchers uh, getting together and actually selling their land to create this national park because at that time uh, there was a lot of talk about, you know, building basically a, a San Francisco North out there on that uh, beautiful majestic uh, scenic area. And the farmers and ranchers got together and, and uh, facing intimate domain, um, did, you know, sold their, sold their land to the park and created a, a beautiful place. So, they were part of the reason why that park even exists to begin with. And now was it, I don't know, 50 years later, uh, they're under attack by the same groups that should be supporting them for what they've done. So we're uh, engaged in that to make sure that their leases uh, get renewed so they can stay out there farming and ranching. 
Yep. And um, we're really thankful. Melissa's done a lot of engaged work up in that area. So this is really her baby, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it's important because, uh, you know, there's a lot of that. That's a good, it's a good, I don't know. It's a different uh, way of farming up there. Right. And it's good for, for Sacramento to see that, you know, dairying isn't just a big, large, uh, you know, uh, freestyle dairies in the Valley. It's also smaller pasture-based uh, ranching operations up in, up in the North coast. So it's very, there's a lot of diversity um, and uh, you know, they're important to us. They're part of our, uh, part of our team. So uh, we need to defend them with everything we got. Well, thanks Darby for uh, giving me the opportunity to share with all our members uh, what happened at the board meeting on Thursday. Um, it's important for all of you know our members to know what's what's going on and the conversations that we're having. Um, and it's just a reminder that uh, these meetings are open to all our members. So uh, you know, lately they've been on Zoom. So if you guys don't even have to drive there, you can just we can uh, just get hold of us before the meeting. We can give you a Zoom link and and you can sit in and listen to all the all the good information, all the topics we're talking about. So it's all it's very very important. Um, a lot of the things that we're talking about now are things that could possibly affect us, you know, in the months and years ahead. So um, it's important that we get as much engagement from, from other dairymen as possible. Yep. Well, thanks again, Devin. We really appreciate it. And if anybody needs information on how to access the board meeting, if they're interested, they can always reach out to Melissa and I. Great. Well, thank you. Everybody have a great week or weekend, depending on when you're listening to this. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. We are so thankful to welcome to the program our friend and industry partner, Denise Mullinax of the California Dairy Research Foundation today. Denise, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. Thanks so much for having me. Denise, we are here to talk about what seems to be the topic du jour these days, drought. Um, we have a very historic drought happening here in California, and that it's coming on the heels of a drought just not a not too many years ago in 2014 and 15. And um, we wanted to visit with you a little bit about what dairy has done over the past several years to position itself to be more water efficient this time around. And it's very historic this year. Water efficiency is important. Sometimes when there's no water, it doesn't really matter how efficient you are, but the industry has been really making some big strides. So could we talk a little bit about that? You bet. Um, I'd be happy to. So, you know, as you and I and obviously the dairy producers are well aware, I mean, the industry is on, um, you know, a spectrum of continual improvement. Um, obviously, water use efficiency is always um, top of mind. And um, we actually did a um, research study a few years back with um, Dr. Ermius Kabrib and team, and they looked at the um, impacts that the industry 
um, has over a 50 year period. In other words, what were our impacts um, in 1964 versus what were our impacts um, in 2014? And um, they looked at everything from greenhouse gases to land use to water use. And it was really interesting because the water use um, really highlighted the fact that we have decreased our water use by over 88% um, since 1964, which is pretty incredible. And I think, you know, we all sort of inherently know that we're decreasing the water use um, both on the farm, um, on the dairy operation proper, I would say, as well as out in the fields where the biggest impacts are. Um, but, you know, 88% um, per gallon of milk produced is, you know, that's just really an astronomical level that um, the industry has achieved. Yeah, absolutely. And those changes um, for water come in conservation, recycling, and a variety of other technologies. So maybe we could get a little bit into just kind of some of the things that are happening as far as water conservation goes on dairies. Sure. I mean, yeah, again, as you and I both know, I mean, water um, use on the dairy on the dairy proper, we utilize water, you know, four and five times when we pump it um, from when the time that it's originally pumped um, until its final use. Um, and But a lot of the improvements on farm have really um, been around the milk parlor. So yeah. um, things like some of our um, our vacuum pumps and our plate coolers, they've just become a whole lot more efficient. You know, gone are the days where people are using water ring vacuum pumps um, that are utilizing and a lot of water um, for that process. So, um, so there's some big decreases there, but really the bulk of our use obviously is out in the cropland, right? For irrigation of crops. Um, and, and that was shown both in um, 1964 as well as in 2014. Um, but really the data showed that we've increased or decreased our uses out there by like more than 90%. So it's been incredible. I mean, you look at everything from just um, crop, crop genetics to, um, you know, water use efficiency to all of our irrigation techniques that the dairymen are out there um, implementing now. And, um, you know, the water use efficiency is just, it's tremendous now. Um, whereas years ago, you know, it, it was much more wasted, not through being purposeful, but we just didn't have the technology um, and we didn't have those practices that we do now. It's amazing to me when I visit with a dairy producer, and we have one here that um, recently put in a center pivot, but the technology he has right at his fingertips to tell him what sections of the field should be irrigated. And rather than just running rotations of 12 hour sets, we're able to really target what plant needs are and how that corresponds with evapotranspiration and just all the little pieces of the puzzle that make irrigation super, super efficient. Exactly. And that's, you know, that that's what it is. It's not like one big silver bullet, but it's all of these incremental improvements that have taken place over time um, that really have resulted um, in large improvements um, and large decreases in, in water use. You know, another factor that um, we actually found through this study and then um, kind of an accompanying study that um, we undertook um, later on was actually the use of industries, use of byproducts as feed. And you don't really think, okay, byproducts as feed, you know, how's that related to water use? Um, but really, 
in addition to being a, you know, a very efficient feed source for us, it also means that if we're, if we're utilizing, and the data showed that we're utilizing anywhere from, on average, like 38 to 40% of byproducts um, as dairy feeds, then you know that that's basically 40% that we're not having to grow additional corn, additional alfalfa, and some of these crops um, that would be utilizing additional amounts of water and land to produce. So, you know, that all factors in as part of that, you know, water savings that's happening on the dairy facilities. Definitely. And in addition to water savings, it, it does a lot of other great things that takes waste out of the landfill and reduces landfill methane emissions and Yep. Also produces a great nutrient-dense product. So really dairy producers are, and always have been great innovators, but yeah. I think we probably never really knew how, how much innovation it provided in other areas rather than just a, a good feed source for our cattle. Yeah, so. no, that, that's exactly true. I mean, you look at, this is just like one example of how dairies are, you know, upcycling what would have been a waste product. Um, and like you say, would contribute to greenhouse gases, um, you know, would have contributed to our landfills and so forth. And instead of it going to that, it's really going to its best use um, as a good feed um, that can be used to grow up cattle and can produce, you know, used to produce milk and milk products for, for people to consume. So um, really just a, a wonderful case um, of one thing that's happening out on the dairies among many others. Absolutely. Well, Denise, California Dairy Research Foundation plays an important role in all of this because you guys help fund the research for a lot of this stuff. So can we talk a little bit about some of the great projects you funded recently and some of the things that are in the hopper that we are excited about in the coming year? Yeah, sure. So, you know, um, we do undertake research projects like this where we help to document, you know, what things that are happening within the industry, but really the bulk of our projects um, are really looking at um, sort of news you can use, information that our dairymen and our industry can put to work. So, for example, in the um, you know, in the environmental sector, a few things that are happening right now, the projects that we're just starting kind of on this continuum of ever improvement is um, we've got a couple of projects with Dr. Steve Kafka over at UC Davis where he's looking at alternate crops. Um, and these are crops that um, can fit within to our cropping rotation here in the Central Valley and are gonna provide a valuable feed source for us, but also be um, look at improved water use, improved nutrient use, and really fit within that package. Um, so we have that going on. Um, we're just getting ready to embark on a study that we're pretty excited about um, that is um, actually with a whole new group that we really haven't worked with in the past. And they're gonna be looking at cow cooling mechanisms and specifically um, at a control algorithm for use in um, in cow in sprayers um, used as part of our cow, you know, water sprayers um, as part of our cow cooling systems um, and making them more energy efficient, more water efficient, um, while still protecting the animal health, um, you know, of our cows and ensuring that um, our cows are comfortable. So, you know, it, that's just a really um, another unique way that we're looking to take technology. Um, and, you know, all of these are not going to fit for every 
single dairy. Um, but I think the role of CDRF really is to undertake some of these projects to um, really open up some of those options that can be useful for dairies to implement on the farm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great to do the research and implement projects before one of our friendly regulatory agencies decides it's something that needs to be a cookie cutter situation on every dairy. So I think it's a really great step That's in the right. right direction. And we're taking the initiative. It, it saves the dairy money. It saves water or what, you know, whatever um, resource we're using. And it, it just is an all around benefit. So that research is so important. Yeah, yeah. We agree. Yeah. And we're looking to take on more of those projects that, you know, are kind of a triple win. Um, you know, dairies have so many pressures on them coming from different areas. You know, gone are the days when we can research um, either a technology or a tool that really is only going to help dairy producers in, in one area. Um, we just, none of us can really afford to be doing that anymore. And we have to be looking at solutions that are going to, you know, they're going to help with water quality. They're going to help with manure management. They're going to help with cow comfort. And they're going to help in multiple areas um, and really just, you know, maximize what, what the product can potentially do um, or, you know, the technology or the practice, whatever it is, um, how it can potentially assist the dairy producers in improving. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot with different grant opportunities and stuff. Let's just not jump on a bandwagon because it's popular, but let's find something that makes life easier in multiple ways on the dairy. And if it reduces emissions or saves on water in the process, that's always an added bonus. But making dairymen's lives yeah. easier is also an important part of the, the puzzle. Well, Denise, thank you so much for bringing us this news today. And it's CDRF does a ton of work. We really appreciate the research that goes on and the partnerships you have in the industry and with UC and all the research entities. And is there anything else before we let you off the hook today that you'd like to share with our producers about how they can be more involved or what they can do to help with your research? Sure. Um, well, first of all, just thank you so much for having me um, and kind of giving me the, the opportunity to tell you a little bit about our, our programs. We always appreciate the opportunity to do that. But I would just open the door for dairy producers and just really say, you know, we work very closely with um, an environmental steering and technical advisory committee, as well as with other experts um, that really advise us and help to you know, help us help to inform what our research um, portfolio should look like. But we are always open and kind of have an open ear to dairy producers specifically. So if there's a challenge that they're having out there or you're having out there as a, as a dairy producer, um, you know, our, our phones are always open. Anyone can call me at any time or any of my staff and um, we're open, open to ideas because really that's that's what we're looking to do is, um, you know, fund research that's really going to have an impact for our dairy producers and for our industry. Well, thank you again so much. It's such important work that you guys are doing. And we're always here to have you share with us. We'd love to have you on the podcast anytime, but also any, any partnership opportunities, please let us know. We, we um, love that you guys are part of the solution and we hope we're right there with you. Great. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Denise. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. 
Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Well, as we wrap up our episode this week, we want to give a huge thank you again to our economist, Tiffany LaMondola, for sharing this week's market update and every other week's market update. We want to thank our WUD board president, Devin Gialetti, and CDRF director, Denise Mullinax, for taking the time to sit down and talk to us this week. Remember to reach out to us with questions, comments, and content requests. You can reach us at wud.pod at gmail.com. And you can reach Melissa at M-L-E-M-A at wudairies.com or myself at D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great week. While well, West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wuda I-R-I-E-S dot com.